0: Beep, 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 beep. Hello, Internet. We interrupt your daily boredom for this very important podcast. This is Often Overlooked, a show where we, three not-so-wise men, tell you about all the things our friends and coworkers don't want to hear us talk about anymore. That's the movies, books, comics, video games, and so on. I'm one of your hosts, Alex, and I'm joined here by two of my friends. I'm Jeffrey. And I'm Seth. So let's play Guess That Topic. Here's
1: three quick clues about today's episode. In The Witch a trash panda, and a tree become best friends.
2: They're also known as the sentinels of the Milky Way.
1: Or just a bunch of a-holes.
0: That's right, we're talking about the friggin' Guardians of the Galaxy. And we don't mean (laughs) friggin'.
1: getting started right before is anybody uh doing anything cool any cool games books movies
0: anything i finally i'm on i'm late to the bandwagon but i finally just picked up destiny and i'm i'm loving it so far
2: so good you've got like a thousand hours of makeup time
0: yeah i I do seth got me on the on the bandwagon and and i'm hyped i watched the destiny 2 reveal um for the the gameplay trailer and oh man it looks so good it reminds me
2: of good bungee days Good old fashioned bungee days. I'm I'm literally still on the hype train. I'm so stoked for this game. <laughs> it's gonna be good. It's gonna be super it's good, be guys. Super good. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So
0: let me posit this to you guys. Here's uh, something that I took away from Guardians of the Galaxy: Numero Dos. Um, I think, and this is this kind of carries over from the first one. I think the entire show, the the thing is about family and friendship, like familial relationships, like friendships that become that. And further than that, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is about fatherhood specifically. Like, you don't necessarily get it when you see the, like, Rocket Raccoon, Baby Groot thing, but it it definitely works. Like, there's that tie, but then also Yondu, Peter Quill, you know, Kurt Russell. Yeah.
2: yeah you know, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's I think it's definitely about fatherhood. Like, as I heard it put when we first saw the, the trailer is, uh, you know, you tune in for Guardians of the Galaxy expecting, you know, sci-fi action and, space battles and and what you get is rocket raccoon struggles with the burden of fatherhood and i think that's exactly what the movie is 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 everybody's kind of struggling with fatherhood or parenthood in general in one way or another whether that's peter learning about his father and and struggling with the implications that his father's evil and like how do you deal with that as well as you know the entire crew raising baby Groot, they're all parents at that point like the whole the whole movie
1: is about parenthood as if it goes without saying also beep 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 beep, beep. spoilers but uh, <laughs> as we as we go through this amazing movie uh, no I, I i absolutely love what you guys have been saying especially because you know you see the first movie and it's laughs a minute it's so funny and they did such an amazing job with it that you think how on earth are they gonna do something better or how like what are they gonna do next and i love the fact that they took it from a standpoint of still being super funny, great music, and they did, you know, like Alex like you were saying, you know, they in in they put so much family and so much fatherhood in there that even in the littlest moments, you know, you could feel that that tension or that love between the group. And I love that that's what Guardians of the Galaxy has become is truly a group of family members.
2: Yeah, and that plays into, you know, kind of the ending of the movie is everybody kind of discovers that you know the real family is the ones they were a part of all along where they've been struggling to find other way like other family members and stuff Mm -hmm. the real family is the people that they chose to be around and and you know who inhabit the milano and and all of that
0: yeah carry over we are groot you know yeah exactly yeah i think i what i loved about it is that that it's just defines all the character moments Like when we finally get Drax to open up a little bit, and he's talking to Mantis, he talks about his family. You know, he talks about the daughter and wife that he doesn't have anymore. Yeah. Um, The the one of the most impactful scenes to me in the movie is when Yondu is talking to Rocket Rocket Raccoon, and he's like telling him, you know, you are me. We're the same person, and that's the moment that Rocket stops being an asshole and starts being like a a nice dude. And they end the movie on that scene of him where he just kind of breaks down and he comes to terms with the fact that, yes, I have a family. I'm not alone. I'm not unique. Because that's the thing that Rocket doesn't like about himself. He thinks he's a freak of nature, but he realizes when Yondu tells him, we are the same, that there are other people like him, that he's a family, and that it's, it's powerful. It's cool to see them kind of just zoom in on him and you get to share this moment. And that's the feeling that the director wants you to leave with. James Gunn's like remember this when huh. you leave to the,
1: the theater no definitely i love that because you, you when you first see the first volume you know it, it, it's almost like a shock factor of like oh my gosh this is super funny oh awesome music hey there's a blue guy oh it's a raccoon that's so funny and as you go along you know you see groot the first time oh, i'm groot and you know you hear that constantly and you're like okay like what's up with this character by the end of it you absolutely love him and it's cool that you know, James Gunn has been able to do that with all of these characters, you know, to the point where, you know, like, oh, ha, it's a funny talking raccoon. But in this one, it's like, oh, my gosh, like these two characters are the same. Him and Yondu are these two people that seem to don't care what people think about them, but deep down truly do. And, it, you know, you take that and you elevate that. And that's what I loved about the sequel is that they just it was like a completely new playing field of like. Yeah, you know, these are the characters you love and all these different things, but here's so much more emotion to it as well.
2: Yeah, it was really nice for, to see them focus on Rocket Raccoon like we all kind of expected them to because he was, you know, the breakout star of Volume 1 and that, you know, he was just outrageous, ridiculous thing. But it was really good to see them focus on them like the crowd wanted, but not in the way everybody wanted. It wasn't just... More crazy antics, and you know, he says some more. He
0: builds bombs and stuff.
2: Yeah. yeah, It wasn't that they focused on him giving that that fanfare, but it was on his, uh, you know, identity crisis and and focusing on him coming to terms with who he really is and what group he's really a part of, and and all of that stuff. And it was really cool to see them just like bypass that whole surface level thing and just go straight to the bottom, right to the core. Uh, of rocket raccoon it was really really refreshing
0: yeah it's it's clever i mean it's clever writing it's just that's how you give your when you have an ensemble cast like that that's how you give your characters agency. So you give them this interesting backstory and you you let them develop within within the plot like as it as it stands separate from you know the drive of the main character but it's still it's parallel like his story is parallel to yandu's who's integral to what happens in the uh, the second movie
1: Plus, I mean, like you you get so much good character out of volume one. But then in this one, it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to get more character. But then we literally got more characters as well. Mm -hmm. It was just interesting how they handled that, too. You know, you could still build up, you know, these very intricate relationships with these characters that we know. I mean, everyone knows like Peter Quill and Rocket now. But, you know, they built such a cool thing like between Drax and Mantis was one of my favorite parts of the movie Mm -hmm. was the two of them connecting and, you know, finding out how closely they are together. Mm-hmm. I I was thoroughly surprised with Mantis and
2: Drax's relationship. Like I expected Mantis to be, you know, a, an integral part, secondary character for sure, but important. But it turns out that like she was the one that facilitated everybody's realization of who they really are. Like she was the linchpin to the whole thing of, of the self-realization part, anyways. And that was, that was surprising to see, is, is they would take this secondary character that would, could be easily just relished to the, oh, hey, uh, ego's not who you think he is, he's bad, and then the heroes take off again. Could have been just delegated to that and been fine as a secondary character, but they, they didn't. They didn't stop. They, they continued to, to push the character development, even of this minor character that ended up being amazing and, more or less part of the full crew now
0: yeah i think the this just bringing in new characters this movie is going to be a very good case study for marvel to figure out how to do infinity wars i know that they're kind of like in into a deep but when you start putting in like so many characters how do you manage that you know and they they did a pretty good job because they they rotate who's with who you know every now and then but for Mm -hmm. the most part they just picked the characters that are going to have the most interesting interactions or the most organic conflict within that grouping and then they they separated them and that's how they did it you get good story beats that way
2: yeah it kept really good tempo that way Mm -hmm. for sure
1: i i definitely like also that it's it's becoming so much more like the source materials in the sense that you know it's a comic book world I mean, one of my favorite things growing up was, you know, always getting a comic book and you'd be like, oh, well, I got, you know, the the new Iron Fist issue, but oh, Captain America makes an appearance and it's super cool. And I love that they're starting to do that so much more now. And the fact that, you know, these do feel like living worlds and it's so cool when they add in those characters. And I feel like Marvel has done such a good job up to this point with that. And then this was almost like. The, the tipping point of just like yeah we've got it now
2: yeah yeah, yeah it, guardians 2 really felt like the like full let go of any apprehension to whether or not they would uh, marvel uh, as an mcu kind of thing would f- would fully like represent everything that we wanted them to and and give proper respect and you know credit where credit to do guardians was to me was was showing that marvel's like 100%
1: there's no more reservations this is we got it i mean mean, they had a planet and david hasselhoff in it so they i mean (laughs) i was like we can pretty much do whatever now yeah you're pretty
2: much sold after that
0: and they're not afraid to be to be quirky i mean obviously when you have a movie about a bunch of aliens and talking raccoons and trees and stuff it's got to be you have to kind of suspend some of your disbelief at the door but Mm -hmm. but to have that as like an integral part of your story and to just make it work so well, it's fair. It's a feat, you know?
2: Yeah. And I think that quite an accomplishment shows more about James Gunn's talent than, than anything else is he was able to, he had this vision for the trilogy and he's able to maintain the comic book and, uh, you know, true to character story of these, these guardians and also introduce a bunch of new stuff. And, Focus deeply on everybody's character and keep everything fully cohesive so it f- it feels like a a fully realized like well polished movie and I think that says a lot about his talent as
1: a as a um, filmmaker yeah And just in general yeah. yeah yeah it's I mean it's just so fascinating to see because especially like with these new directors they're bringing in, and especially with James Gunn, I mean they have said in interviews before that you know, he is going to do volume three and they want to keep him on, even if it's just as a producer to kind of flesh out the Marvel, you know, galactic cinematic universe, you know, to do all these things. And it's, it's so simple to see that he does have, you know, kind of his thumb on what exactly he wants. And I, I loved that, especially about this one. He could have literally just done almost the exact same thing, just like, ah, oh, quirky, funny situations. And this yeah. happens in this. He wanted. He knows the story that he wanted to tell, and especially he knew the story that we almost needed. Yeah, you know, to get these awesome characters. Like, oh yeah, we all love Peter Quill, but now we love Peter Quill and the things that he did, and we love Rocket. We love Yondu. I mean, he was a funny, quirky guy in the first one, but now. He's like one of your favorite characters. Yeah, he's the friggin' yeah. Mary Poppins of he's everything. <laughs>
2: <He's> <laughs> a,
0: and it's and it's weird to to take another like step into it too, because Yandu always seemed kind of antagonistic, he does in the first movie. Yeah. You kind of understand that, okay, everybody he's he's fighting for the good guys on this one. Let's just just accept that for now. The second one, you don't have to do that. And so for the first half of the movie you're kind of like, Yeah, it's don't really like Yandu. He's he's getting chewed up by Sylvester Stallone you know, what happened? Why Why is he such a jerk? You know, and you're okay with that. You're like, yeah, this totally makes sense for Yandu, But by the end of the movie, they just flip that around. And it's like, he is a great example of fatherhood. Take a look at the other end of the spectrum. Ego is like the worst example of what a father could be, which is this this dude that goes to, well, murderous lengths to... <laughs> perpetuate himself seems, seems excessive. You know, like, yeah, that's, yeah
1: that's a bit on the the little intense spectrum there it seems it seems yeah.
0: bad and that seems like a bad decision so so you know the the breaking moment for peter even when he is under the the spell as it were is when he finds out that his mom was killed by him and he's so he
1: oh jeez! how did everyone else react to that uh, uh poorly I, my, my little heart just broke yeah
0: because yeah, you don't I, I don't know I didn't pick up on it immediately that they just saw a bunch of bones and I was like oh he's just like a murderer okay so he's got a bunch of like bones in his, in his basement yeah and somewhere. it didn't seem that big of a deal yeah and then he's like oh oh and you click right then that yeah when when I put that like tumor in your mother's head
1: done right I think it speaks volumes to the character that Star-Lord is In the sense that, you know, we've seen things, I mean, not exactly like that happen, but, you know, we've seen things like, oh, yeah, when I murdered your dad or something like that. And there's that moment of just, like, defeat that comes over a character and, you know, maybe they'll fall down to the ground and it's raining and intense and, you know, all these, you know, this trope that we have. And it takes them a little while to kind of kick back up. I love the fact that not a second hesitation was put into him shooting his own dad because mm-hmm. of what he did. Yeah. And that like to me was the best moment of the movie. Yeah, and that I think
2: that really shows Peter Quill's character as a human being because it, it it came down to like he saw that Ego did this atrocious thing and it didn't matter that it was his dad. He did an atrocious thing and this is what he deserved to do. So like he Peter once he, you know, snapped back into reality, he realized like this this atrocity one it was my mother two it was awful it doesn't matter that you're my dad it didn't matter at all
0: yeah well also shoot first is also something that all of us pretty much like fair enough a, <laughs> yeah just in general <laughs> I, I just love the idea that they're all these aliens and they come to an understanding of what humanity means essentially through family yeah and so that's bizarre i mean Gamora gets it with uh, nebula um we already talked about rocket like It's 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 insane to me that Peter, for instance, is the probably the best example is that he loses this superhuman ability essentially just so that and he's fine with it. You know, he's totally cool. He's like, yeah, I'm still Star Lord. And that's what better example for a superhero. Can you
2: can you give to exactly it's not, you know, it's not Superman who's destroying cities because he's in a middle of a fight It's like he he cares. He, He is human. He's a real person. It and he's still the leader of the guardian exactly Game, so cool. he still is heroic even though he's just a regular guy
0: mm-hmm. and he does it; those are his defining character moments i mean think about the first movie he like flies out into space to save Gamora, who's this woman that he hardly knows uh alien woman whatever who at one point was beating the crap out of him mm-hmm. and he's and that he doesn't think twice about it you know he just obviously it's dispelled the tension is dispelled by comedy immediately afterwards which is just by nature of Mm -hmm. the storytelling but those are his 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 defining moments yeah he's like i don't i will it's sacrificial that's and we get that with groot also in the first movie but Mm -hmm. that carries over for sure
2: and i think that that is what we have come to expect of a hero is the the sacrifice the selflessness the the willingness to put the right decision above any personal gain or anything like that and peter is literally that like to a t because not only was he you know ripped from his mom at a young age but he was ripped at his mom at an age that he hadn't you know learned the the bad things of the world he hadn't become like jaded and, and mean yet he was young enough that he was still in that innocent kind of thing so he took all of the stuff that his, all of the innocence and, and heroism that his, his mom and, and grandparents and stuff had imparted on him when he was a kid and kept that forever because he was never really part of a, a shittier world.
1: I like that, I, I love that you brought that up, especially because that was what's running through my mind is that, you know, we seem to be in kind of this renaissance of media in the last couple of years where our definition of a hero. Seems to have changed a little bit from back in the day. Absolutely. I mean, there's a lot more and we see it 100% in Star-Lord. You know, we see this character that has flaws. I mean, he's not a perfect person, but deep down, you know how good they truly are. I mean, they can be flawed. They can do these things. I mean, literally in, in the last episode we did, we talked about Firefly and Malcolm Reynolds in the same way. I mean does he always Mm -hmm. make fantastic decisions no but he always does the right thing and i love that you know we see that in comics and movies and books and these things is that this not necessarily a hundred percent tragic hero but a morally gray hero that you know truly does just want to do what's right
2: yeah it, it it becomes much more of a real life hero in that like you know life is more morally gray like things aren't black and white in real life and and to be able to see examples of people dealing with the gray and pulling out what the right thing to do still is, like, it gives normal people hope that they can do the same thing in their lives. And I think that's what we're seeing in the Renaissance is more like a a, a change in what it means to be good mm-hmm. and what, like, good used to, used to be, you know, saving the damsel in distress and, you know, being a patriot and all these other old superheroes. And, like, now we're seeing more portrayal of good be what it's like to be good in real life
0: like a realistic in this like very
2: unrealistic yeah, exactly. kind of environment. yeah. yeah. It, it's extremely relatable but it's also really like i feel like it's a, a complete step above like the cut and dry like boring version of heroism from you know 50 or 60 years ago
1: Well, like w- when you think about it you know you go out into a, a super crowded area And you take a poll. Okay, which hero do you prefer? Superman or Batman? Many years ago, would it have been the same? I I mean, people would have been like, oh my gosh, Superman, all these things. But now you ask so many people and it's Batman. And he has that same thing where, you know, he's a human. He gets beat up. He misses his parents. It's a sad situation. But you know what? He puts the cowl on. He goes out there and he does everything that he can. Even though he will get bruised, he will get beaten up, but he's doing everything he possibly can, and I, and it's such an interesting phase that we're in now to see that. Like almost all the time, is those types of heroes. Yeah,
0: I think I think it's also interesting that you know he, and this carries over not so much for Batman, but for for a lot of the other characters we've kind of discussed that you you get this. Irreverent externally, but internally, very like morally sound and yeah, morally like, convicted people on the inside Like Peter Cole's perfect example that ready to make really hilarious dumb jokes, but All the time they, they have their moral conviction and they know what's right inside and they're not as they're not afraid to stand up for that And I think it speaks more to the younger generation now because they're more accustomed to seeing kind of these outrageous things and and that's fine. If if that's what you need to see, you're going to get you into the to the theater by, by showing you all these funny, quirky one-liners, but I'm going to leave you with a message, and here's the theme. And then you'll walk out, and you're like, damn, Rocket Raccoon made me so sad. And you're a three-foot-tall, non-existent, animated alien mm-hmm. raccoon.
1: I mean, and, and not to get, like, too intense or anything, but, you know, especially just kind of like the, the world that we live in now, you know? It's, it's interesting that they wanted to play so much on, like, you know this is what a parent can be and i love that they made that message of just like you know rocket was technically a parent to this and you know raising and doing all these interesting things and it was just cool that 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 was like the main focus of the movie was family not like vin diesel status more family um but you know just family and you know these groups that we need to be a part of and everything I mean, it was just super cool to see
0: that yeah it boils it down to kind of what what are the traits of a, a a good parent and like he here you have sacrifice you have being a protector you have um you know taking care of uh, above others i mean it's still a sacrifice but what was your favorite line <laughs> mine's still the trash panda the, thing, trash, yeah,
1: the, trash, the panda trash panda is man so good
0: That's perfect. I think the scene with Drax and Mantis though is hysterical. I mean, they put a lot of the funny stuff in the trailer. That thing with Rocket and Groot where he's going like,
1: "I'm Groot, I'm Groot." Oh yeah, yeah, it's so good. No, yeah. I I I do have to admit one thing was just absolutely perfect to me. So obviously, you wait for the Volume Two soundtrack and you're like, "Oh my gosh, okay, what's going to be on here?" And growing up, you know, that's what we always listen to. You know, my dad in, instilled that in us, which I love, you know, classic rock, these awesome things. And so the first volume was fantastic. I saw that the second volume had um, ELO's Mr. Blue Skies, which is one of my favorite songs. I love it. <laughs> and literally I saw that and I was like, yes, perfect. I desperately want that to be the intro. And have some funny thing. And it, it was. And it was just that moment. That pure like elated moment. Of just like, yes, this is the perfect thing to do for it. And so, yeah. it Just overall, it was such a great movie. Yeah. Perfect execution.
0: Um, I mean, I'm still singing uh, Blue Suede. Oh, it's
1: freaking hooked <laughs> yeah. on a feeling. will forever be locked in all of our brains. Um, so, just a, a quick question for you guys too. Um Obviously James Gunn is going to be returning sorry is going to be returning for volume 3. What do you feel like will be the progression of this? I mean, we see volume 1 very quirky, you know, down to earth heart comedy. We see this one that's still super funny, awesome, had a lot more deeper impact. So what do you think we'll see in in volume 3?
2: I think we are going to see a transition away from our current Guardians crew. I think Um, One, I know James Gunn is is meaning for this to be a trilogy Mm -hmm. um, for the current characters, but as we saw in the post credits scene in volume two, the original Guardians of the Galaxy have gotten back together. And I think that volume three is going to be kind of a like getting them up to speed kind of movie so that they, you know, take back over the, the role of the Guardians of the Galaxy and we will see our crew moving on to their own thing.
1: So are we gonna get a space running up the stair sequence with Sylvester Still- Stallone? <laughs> if we don't, uh James Gunn will have a lot of angry letters. <laughs> if, like Eye of the Tiger and the Rocky theme are not in.
0: <laughs> uh I think I mean you just have to you have to wrap up relationships. So uh Peter and Gamora, you kinda of have to talk about that. I think Rocket kind of has to come to terms with his, his identity and his role. And uh I mean, Groot's just going to be funny no matter what. I, think, I don't really know, story-wise, though, what's going to happen. Um, I still think... I mean, I want to see what happens with Infinity Wars, and I
1: think that yeah, I'll be I able to like, talk about it a little out bit more. And, see, yeah. mm-hmm.
2: and I think you know, Infinity Wars is going to happen before Volume 3. Mm-hmm. I don't know if both of them are, but Part 1 for sure. So we know, just by virtue of you know some of the cameos and, and things that we saw in Volume 2 of Guardians, that the guardians of the galaxy are going to play a huge role in infinity war mm-hmm. and or infinity wars part one anyways and i think that based on what we see from that we will know more of what volume three might contain like mm-hmm. infinity wars might mean that half the crew dies like literally that might happen i don't think that i mean
0: maybe one of them, i don't but. think
2: that that they would but it it's not off the table they have marvel think- has has pulled out some punches before so
1: i think i think one of them possibly i mean i i just i feel like the russo brothers are a going to do a fantastic job and b they might be gunning for some of the original avengers i mean i think i yeah. think we will definitely see some shake-ups in oh Infinity yeah war. for sure definitely mm-hmm. like, somebody will take the mantle of captain america or mm-hmm. something like that
0: i so. thought that was good, what was going to happen in um civil war 100%, civil war 100 so percent. yeah i thought yeah, it, steve you know. was going to be well, we especially with the, the ending mixed.
1: of the comic book itself, where I mean, Captain Bucky, America is yeah. assassinated. <laughs> yeah. So.
0: Yeah, I thought he was out, Bucky was in, and that was going to be the new.
2: Yeah. Squad. But so, but I think something to that effect will happen in Infinity Wars, and that will dictate, you know, the progression of Volume Three. I like it. I'm stoked for
1: Thor to or er, Ragnarok. Uh, yeah. Oh my Thor. Sorry.
2: Oh my gosh.
1: That Traegler was just, like, everything you could hope for.
0: <laughs> yeah, I really hope Jeff Goldblum doesn't suck as the Game well, Master.
2: And I don't know if you saw that he had a very small put a credit in-credits dance scene as the Game Master. Which is weird, which makes me think that he's, you know, in a, in a deleted scene in Guardians 2. Because he was in the credits.
1: Well, it's, he, it's it's been confirmed. I mean, especially in the comics and then outside. I mean, he's um the collector's brother. Yeah. And so they could have had like some interesting thing. I mean the the thing that makes me so excited and I know I'm going to butcher the name so terribly. I apologize. But the director um taikido Watiti, I believe it's I, I I'm so you said sorry it better than
2: I could have. Mm-hmm.
1: Um he is one of the funniest human beings ever. Like literally like he did stuff for Flight of the Concords. He did. He directed and starred in What We Do in the Shadows, which is one of the funniest movies. <laughs> Everybody so, needs to see that. <laughs> seriously, if you have not seen that movie, go see it. Um, and so, just to know that that flavor is going to be put in, and especially be connected, you know, with you know, Hulk and Doctor Strange is apparently going to be in, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. possibly have some Guardians connections, you know, with the two brothers and stuff like that. So it's like it's so cool to see that that's going to be. Kind of like a little drop in the Marvel Cinematic Universe pool.
2: Yeah, and the MCU is pulling out so many heavy hitters for their movies, like writing and producing and directing and stuff. They have some of the the best people in the whole business. Mm-hmm. They've got the money for it, for sure.
1: For sure. Yeah, it's, it's and it shows. It pays off. Yeah, it's it's going to be pretty fantastic. It's we have a, so a, an awesome docket of those movies getting prepped for. Yeah. So it's going to be very good get
0: excited <laughs> get, get hyped let's do let's do the thing hey, with the...
1: hey guys i'm just i'm really bummed
2: oh why are you bummed
1: i can't believe i got fired from the calendar factory i mean all i did was take a day off oh Hey-o. <laughs> oh why oh. oh, oh. you know oh, don't like it so bad